0: All right, man, good morning. We are so excited to have you with us on this uh, wonderful Christmas almost morning. It is, uh, it's is—it's always fun to have uh, uh, you with us, and, and it's the Christmas season, right? I mean, you're clear about that, uh, and, and I love this time of year. I don't know if you are a Christmas nut uh, like I am, um, but I love it. I love listening to the music. I love when we decorate our house and And all those things but you know your 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 life gets a little hectic right now Uh, I'm sure some of you like your calendars are filling up like this next week is just crazy right because it's the it's the week before it all ends like meaning school's out right and and they're and they're home all the time and um, and and so there's a lot of stuff picking up I mean and I'm sure many of you have parties that you're going to and and extra things or lunches or just you know, our life just really speeds up at this time of year, and we start doing things that we don't normally do the rest of the year, like decorating our house and and really making it clean and presentable. Like The rest of the year, we're just like, whatever. Uh, but now we're like, oh, we got to do something, and so we act differently. And and look, some of y'all dress differently, too, and it's okay. You know, Jesus doesn't care how you look, man, but just, like, he cares how you smell. Well, let's get that out of the way, all right? So come clean. But, you know, but we, we all kind of, we, we dress differently, we do... And man, this is the time of year, it's Christmas card season, right? How many of y'all been getting Christmas cards in the mail? All right, if you're not, I'm really sorry about that. Um, that was a painful moment for you. Um, don't be mean, uh, is maybe what I've said. No, but I mean, you know, a lot of us, we, we, we send out Christmas cards. Not everybody does it. Some people aren't Christmas card people. But I have to tell you, my, my daughter, Grace, loves pictures. Like, like, loves, in a deep, deep way, she loves pictures. And so this is her favorite time of year. And it's not, because of, it's not because of Santa. I mean, she gets the Santa, thing. she goes, ho, ho, ho. She'll drop a little ho, ho, ho in there every now and then. She doesn't even really, praise Jesus, care about the gifts. Hey, kids. Oh, I didn't send the kids out. Are you still here? Dang it, leave. We're going to talk about you behind your back. No, uh, kids, go with, uh, go with Miss Natalie down the middle if you didn't already. Some of you have just been accustomed to that. I'm sorry. All right, everybody turn to someone and say, I mess up too, so it's okay. We all mess up. Yeah. All right, there they go. Some of them already left. Man, you're, it's the kids of the children's director didn't even leave. At least they should have known uh, to leave. Uh, so, okay, now that they're gone. But, but Grace loves these Christmas cards. She, she loves the pictures. The presents, she doesn't really care about all that much. Um, honestly, she likes opening the present, and then she's, she goes, ah, and then just throws it away, and she doesn't care about it. And we were talking about, what, like, what are we are going to get her? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, just grab stuff from the house, put it in some tissue paper, and it's just, like, money for her. But what she does love to do, and what, what is really just awesome about this time of year is, man, when she gets off the bus, we have a mailbox. It's on the side of our house on our front porch, right? And, and so she gets off the bus, and that's what she goes to, man. She wants to see the mail. And so we leave it in, and she and she gets in there, and she pulls it out, and she sees these cards, and she goes, "Me?" Because she's like, "I'm like these are for me. Like it's not for our family. They're just sent." In fact, somebody, some people have caught on to this, and we get two Christmas cards from them. Uh, so, some are just to the Crocker family, and then there's some that are just to Grace. Uh, but so Grace loves it, and she'll go in there and she opens the cards. And here's the funny thing is, Jenna likes to open the cards too, so they fight for who gets to open it. And Jenna was out of town for a few days last week and Grace just was just in heaven, right? Cause she'd come home and I'd save all the cards for her and she'd get there and she tears them open. Like it's not like a cut and you know, like nice thing. It's just like a rip it to the point where I'm like, you're gonna rip the card but she needs to get in there and she needs to see it because she's looking for the best ones. And if you ever come to our house and your Christmas card is perfectly crisp and clean, you're a failure, <laughs> shouldn't care about your card, man, because um, the ones she likes, she holds on to, and she carries with her, sometimes she'll even take them to bed, and they get all nasty, and you can tell the ones, like we have some that from, from years past that I've taped together with packing tape, just clear packing tape multiple times, because she loves it to death, right, and, and so she loves these cards, and, and so what's funny is she's very picky about what she likes, and let me give you a little clue in case you want to win Grace's heart. And quite honestly, Jenna and I have become a little bit of Christmas card snobs ourselves. And we look at some of your cards and we judge you on them. <clears throat> you all do the same thing, right? You get the cards and you look and you look at their family picture how they're all like just perfectly positioned and everybody's matching and you're like, "I know that family. That never happens." Right? How many, how many takes did it take to get that picture? You know, how, how bad were you squeezing your son's hand in the background to get him to smile? Right? And like, I hate this dad. I hate you. I hate you. Cheese. All right. You know, and then you're gone. And so we see this. Now, let me tell you what Grace likes. Grace likes the entire family. She doesn't care about your kids alone. She wants to see everybody. Here's something. She doesn't care about your pets. Nobody does. All right? Stop putting your dogs. And your cats, especially your cats. Like no one cares about those pictures, but everybody, here's our baby Daisy. She's three this year. We don't care. Um, But you see those things. So Grace doesn't care about those. She doesn't care. She wants the whole family together. Um, And 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 then here's the other thing is some of you, and and look, I'm judging you totally, but I mean this in a loving way, right? Some of you take pictures and your family's like way back here to where you can barely see you. But the reason you do that is because you wanna show the scenery of where you have traveled in the past year, right, to rub it in the rest of our faces, right? Here's my beautiful family that you can't see because we backed so far away from the camera so that you could see we went to Hawaii and you didn't. (laughs) Merry Christmas is what that's, you know, right? And so she doesn't like that, she doesn't care about that. She also doesn't care about really close up pictures, like, when you're just way uh, way too close to the camera, like, that's just too much. It's too far. It's, like, too in your face. Like, back off, man. Like, we want to love you, but not when you're desperate for love. It, it, so there's those things. Glamour shots? No. So, sorry. I just had to call you out. Um, so, so, yeah, so there are those cards. But, but she loves it, and there's, and there's a lot of pressure for these cards. Like, a lot, of, a lot of you people take them really seriously, and like, what are we going to put on the card? What's the scripture? Is it scripture too forward? Is it too, like, too whatever? Are we going to say happy holidays? We're going to say Merry Christmas, happy birthday, Jesus. We said that this year on our card, right? I don't have any say in our card, by the way, just to get it out there. Uh, our cards are done in October. Yeah, that's right, slackers. Um, and, and so, yeah, so there's all these different things. There's so much pressure really around this time of year on many different levels. And the reason we do all these things, the reason we send these cards, the reason we decorate our houses, the reason we dress differently, we have all this stuff, is because there was a time 2,000 years ago when God invaded earth. All right, there was a time 2,000 years ago where God is like, I'm not happy with my relationship with my children the way it is. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to come, and it's when heaven invades earth, when God is born as Jesus. And see, that's what this is really all about. That's what the craziness of this whole thing is about, is is when Jesus Christ came and said, "I, I need a relationship with you that is deeper than what I have. I need a relationship with you that is more powerful. In order to do that, I'm going to come. And I'm going to know what you know. And I'm going to experience what you experience. I'm going to be tempted the way that you're tempted and hurt the way that you are hurt. Because when I want to know you, I want to know you. And I want you to know me. Right? And so we celebrate Jesus, we celebrate his birth. And it's such an amazing thing. And, and what we've been doing over these past two weeks is we've been looking at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And, and what Isaiah is doing is this prophecy of, of calling the shot of who this baby would be, right? He's putting these names on Jesus, and he calls him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These four names that, that Isaiah puts on to who Jesus will be are so powerful, and, and we've been looking at him, And, you know, Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God, I can get my head around, and even Prince of Peace, but, but Everlasting Father is a different one. Right? Because everlasting Father gets personal. What wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace. Those are those are different because they're they're bigger, they're glorious, but, but Father, Father carries with it some weight. Doesn't it? It's a different kind of word. Because here's the thing is, is it touches every one of us. You, here, here I'm, this is, I'm gonna prove it to you. Raise your hand if you had a father. Yeah. Like all of us have had a father now in some capacity, because that's life. And it takes it. Now, not everybody had a good father. Not, a, not everybody had a father that was around. But we all had one. And because we had one, we have emotions and we have memories and we have feelings and thoughts about Father. And so, and so when you think of Jesus as everlasting Father, a lot of times what you do is you, is you transpose your ideas of your earthly father and you put them on Jesus as Father. You take your experiences from your dad and you say, well, this is what dad must be like. Because that's all you know. And see, for, for, for many people, that's painful. And that's a dangerous path to walk on because their dad just wasn't good. And let's be honest, I'm a dad and I'm amazing. I know it because they gave me a trophy that said number one dad. <laughs> the rest of you are losers. I know I'm not perfect. I know I have my faults, and, and I know where they are. And, and I, don't want, I don't want Corbin or Grace to look at me and to think that's exactly how Jesus is. B- because our earthly fathers, a lot of times, they, because they're human, they fail us, right? And so many of us, we, we experience our earthly fathers in, in, in different ways. And, and sometimes we had a, a father that was just never satisfied. You, 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 like you had a father that just, no matter what you did, it just, you felt like it wasn't enough. And I, I don't know if any of you had this experience where you, where you, where you, you felt like you had to earn an add a boy or add a girl. You felt like you had to earn love. That you never heard, I love you. That you never heard, I'm proud of you. And, and, and so what you did is, is you worked hard at school and you're like, well, maybe if I get these grades, I will get that or you work hard at sports, or you, or you feel like, oh man, in order for, for my dad to really love me, I got to go into his line of work and to follow down that family path, and, and I just got to earn it, earn it, earn it. I, I can tell you, and when I was a child, I, re, I can count on one hand the amount of times my dad said, I love you. It, and it's different now, he says it all the time, so much so that I'm like, dude, it's embarrassing, stop. He's different now. But when I was, when I was little, I just, I didn't hear it. And, 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 and so because of that, I acted in ways that I thought would well, get it. And so I did things that maybe I wouldn't have normally done in order to get that kind of recognition from him. And so so many of us get caught in these, in these things like we're going down paths that we don't want to go and we're trying to earn our father's love. Because he's never satisfied. Maybe some of you had fathers that were angry, that just had this anger, this boiling thing. And whatever it was that caused him to be that way, it was, it was just there. And you knew that if there was any moment that it could just snap. And he would set off and he would yell and he would scream or do whatever. And, and so you lived in kind of fear of your dad and you walked around on eggshells. And you were nervous and worried about what would happen. I have to tell you, my dad was, I was scared of him. I was afraid of what would happen. I mean, he lived a hard, hard life. His dad died when he was three. He grew up on a farm. They had no plumbing in their house until he was in high school. I mean, wow, I'd be angry too, right? They, didn't, they got a phone the next year. That was a glorious two years in his life. And, and he, he, had a, he bounced around from one sister to the next. He had a hard life and I, and I get it. And I understand now that I'm older, I see why and how it kind of all manifested itself. But I was afraid of him. I, I was afraid to disappoint or to step out of line for fear of, of what he would do, what he would say. And, and many of us have that experience with with our dads. They're just angry. And it's not your fault, but you but you recoil because of it. Or maybe you had a dad that just, was never there. Like maybe because there was a divorce and he was just out of your life or, or maybe he was never in your life or, or maybe even, and even worse in a lot of cases, he was physically present but he wasn't there because he was working all the time or because when he got home, he would take himself off and, and work somewhere else. And Man, this is a big fear that I have, that I don't want to be there but not there. Today, it's so easy when we get home to be on devices on, on computers or iPads or iPhones and, or on some screen of some sort and, and to have our kids in the same room with us and we're physically present but we're not actually there. And so when you take those three types of fathers and you, and you see these, this thing and, and, and this experience of your earthly father and why would you want a father like that? It's everlasting, right? I, I didn't understand it early on in my ministry when I would, when I would pray to father Dearest Father, Heavenly Father, when I would say those words, and I would have people come up to me and tell me to stop doing it. Please stop referring to God as Father. I'm like, why? Jesus calls him Daddy? I mean, he says he's our Father. Jesus says, hey, this is how you pray. Say, our Father. I'm like, I'm just following what he said. Yeah, but I didn't have a good dad, and I was abused, and I was all this stuff, and and it it started hitting me. I'm like, oh, wow. I get it. I, I don't really get it, but I understand where you're coming from now. Like some of us, our fathers were were such a way that we can't imagine that being put on Jesus. And that's why this name is so personal and it's so heavy compared to the other three. But see, what what Jesus wants us to know and what Isaiah was looking forward to is, is what scripture says about who the Lord will be. Like yeah, I am going to be your everlasting father, not like that earthly father because he's going to fail you because that's just what happens. Not like that earthly father who's going to leave you because inevitably he will. No matter how great of a dad he was, there will be a time when he will no longer be with you. I am going to be a different kind of father. I'm going to be a father who, as the psalmist says in Psalm 103, I'm compassionate. I have compassion on you. I'm slow to get angry, and I'm abounding in love. It says the Lord is compassionate. Our Father, Jesus, he's this one who just looks at us and goes, oh, my gosh. Every time I see her, every time I look in his eyes, I just love him even more. It doesn't matter what he did. See, I mean, that's where a lot of us need to come in our relationship with Jesus. It's, It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. As his son or his daughter. But so many of us, and it's maybe because of what we did with our earthly dad, is well, we got to jump through these hoops. We got to do these things. We got to check these boxes in order for Jesus to love me. I got to go to this many Bible studies. I got to say the prayer that, oh man, I didn't pray today. My my day's going to be horrible. Oh, I didn't go to worship enough. I didn't give enough. I didn't serve enough. I didn't do all these things. And Jesus is like, man, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm compassionate. When I look at you, love swells in my heart. It doesn't matter what you do. Now, if you're doing those things out of an abundance of love for the Father, yes, that is the place where you should be. But if you're doing it to try to improve yourself, oh, no. That's not what he says at all. And In, in fact, he says, Jesus says this, no, 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 take, take my yoke upon you, for it's easy and I'll give you rest. Stop striving for acceptance and love because you already have it. Because I'm a father who looks at my son and my daughter and just goes, Oh, can you imagine someone greater than this? And our, our, our everlasting father is a father who's compassionate. And, and our everlasting father is a father who cares. Who, who, actually, who actually wants something for us. In Joshua, he's, he's forecasting who Jesus will be, who the Lord is, and, and he says, the Lord has a plan for you, I have a plan for you, to prosper you, for a hope for your future. Like I, I, I have this, oh man, I have great things for you. Oh, I want the best for you. Oh, I am for you. And how great would that be how great would that have been for, the, for kids who never heard that from their dad? No, no, man, I, I'm for you. There is no one in your corner that will shout louder for you than me. There is no one who will cheer you on more than I will cheer you on. And whatever you're doing, I love you so much, and you've got this. You can do it. Like, I got to tell you, there, when people come in and, and, and people are in these down places and hurting, and a lot of times the... You, you can get them to health if you can convince them that you care about them. and lo- I mean, you got to actually care about them and love them, right? You, you care about them and you love them and you're in their corner and you support them. When you get people to that place, that's half the battle. Like, th- th- they're worth something and they have the ability to do it. Cheering someone on is huge. I don't know, is anybody watching the President's Cup? Is everyone caught up? Does anyone not know what happened? Raise your hand if you've saved it for today, because you know it's already happened, right? It's in Australia. They're a day ahead. Does everybody know? So no spoiler alerts? Okay, the U.S. wins, right? Oh, yeah. We kill all the communists, is what happens. Because that's, that's who the international squad is, right? A bunch of commies. Um, so the, if you don't know, the President's Cup is this big golf tournament that happens uh, every two years or so, and it's the U.S. against the evil of the world, and we, and they clash of titans, and, um, and the U.S. wasn't winning, but they came back, and they rallied, and won in singles matches, it was great, it was exciting, but what I want to talk about is Matt Kuchar. Now, Matt Kuchar, if you watch golf, is the nicest guy on the PGA Tour. He walks around, oh, there it is right there, yeah, uh, he, he walks around, and he's smiling at all times, right, I mean, he's just smiling, he's just like, almost as if he has no clue as to what's going on, it looks like, at times, you're like, does he know where he is like is he just going hey guys a, hey, look there's a ball uh you know and he's just happy he's that kind of guy right and so in america when kuchar does something so when you step up to the ball or, you, know, the, you know the guy gets up to the ball and everything what does the what does the gallery do quiet right everybody's quiet now when kuchar makes a putter has a good shot what happens yeah, in America, we like, yeah, we support him. He goes, i like this, you know, he's smiling and everything. So now down under, this is why they're all communists. I don't care what they say. When we're over there, because he's the nicest man on the PGA Tour, when, we're, when, when they were over there, what they were doing is, is while he was lining up his putt, they were just all over him going, Gooch! while he's like doing this stuff where you're supposed to be quiet. I mean, and there were, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of fosters, you know what I'm saying, that went into this. But, and, and so they were over there, and they were just hounding him. And it got to him. And it got to him, and he, his play started going down because of it. Because when you have someone cheering for you, you can do things that you're not capable of doing. It pushes you to your extreme, and you can, like, come be bigger. When you have someone cheering against you, it does just the opposite. See, and Jesus is this guy, he like, no, no, I'm for you. I am in your corner, and whatever your name is, we're going to make up some sound to go with it, like, crock. It's a horrible one. Need to work on that one. Right, but he's standing in your corner like, man, you've got this. I am for you. No matter what happens, I love you, and I'm in your corner. Because I'm your father, and that's what fathers do. And then the third thing is is the eternal father, the everlasting father is, is always there. It's always present. In, in Hebrews 13, it's like, I, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In Matthew 28, he says, and surely I will be with you to the very end. I am with you. I will not abandon you. I will not forget you. I will not walk out on you. I will never leave you. I got to tell you, everlasting father is is such a personal, heavy thing for so many people. Some of you had wonderful fathers. Some of you had had dads that when you think about them, you're like, oh, dear old dad, right? But they weren't perfect. Even Even dear old dad wasn't, he had his moments. He had his moments where he said something that hurts you that you carry twenty years later. He had his moments where where he just wasn't there when you thought he should be. And some of you didn't have Daryl Dad. Some of you don't even like to think about him. Because he hurts you so much. And he hurt others around you. And every time his name comes up, you just tense inside. Jesus, he is the everlasting father who always loves, always supports, and is always there. He is the God who says, come to me. Yeah, see me as wonderful counselor. See me as mighty God capable of doing all these things and ushering in a kingdom that will have peace on end. But know me as father. Know me as one who protects and provides and supports and encourages. Know me as one who loves. So my question is, is do you know him that way? Do you know Jesus as his everlasting father? Do you know him in such an intimate way that he is the God who is for you? And nothing will stand in the way of his love. Nothing that you could do will separate you from that love. He is everlasting father. Let us pray. Gracious and everlasting father, we thank you and praise you for the way that you love us, for the way that you encourage us, for the way that you support us, for the way that you are always there, even when we don't realize it. God, help us to understand you as everlasting father. Those of us who have had an image of father that is great and wonderful here on this earth, help us to see you as even better. And those of us who have had an image of father that hurts, that's painful, help us to embrace you as the father that we truly need. God, we thank you and praise you for your son Jesus, our everlasting father, who gave his life so that we might feel your love. It is in his name we pray, amen.